This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are listening to The City Vent, proudly sponsored by the Westview Motor Company, supplying your new and used cars. Find us at westviewmotorcompany.co.uk Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of The City Vent. Uh, thank you for listening to all our episodes so far. We're getting through them now. We're uh, doing all right, aren't we, Chris? Six now. Yeah, six already. Do you know, it don't feel like two minutes ago since we started this off, and now we're on six. Can you believe it? It's bonkers, isn't it? And um, the following's going on Twitter and obviously YouTube. We try to push it on YouTube and Facebook, so if you can give us a like and subscribe, it'd be great. Um, but yeah, really good. Thank you for all the support, guys. First of all, we really appreciate it. Um, we just want to see where we can go from here, add new content and do more things. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for all the interaction and for getting involved and uh, yeah, for following us. Um, so first things first, Bradford Park Avenue, uh, me and Chris went down to the game on Friday night. Um, what are your thoughts, Chris, of the game? I th- it was two different teams, wasn't it? But but it was two teams that I felt were probably League One, sorry, League Two quality. Um, first half... Probably didn't create as much, but people weren't overly scared to have a shot. I mean, obviously, the Chapman goal was an absolute screamer. What a finish that was. Absolute beaut. Um, And and there were certain players in that team that just looked outstanding. Songo looked incredible uh, that first half. Um, Smallwood was a little bit quieter. Gilead seemed to be almost, I might be wrong here, but he almost seemed to have a free, free role, which I quite enjoyed. So he wasn't just out on the wing. He was coming inside quite a bit. He was just get, getting involved all over the pitch. I'm trying to think who else there was now that was... Oh, Angle. I thought Angle looked great. I thought he looked yep. very fit. And also, something that we do need to mention, Andy Cook looks incredibly slim. He does. He looks in great shape. His legs, um, top half, bottom half, everything. He just looks like he's just been on it over the summer. And don't know what diet he's been on, but he looks really trim um, and really sort of ready to rock and roll. In fairness... He didn't stand out in the game by any shakes. Like you've just mentioned, in the first half to me, Leango, he just looked so sharp and the ball just seemed to stick to his feet. And I know people around us are shouting, do something with it, give it to somebody else or whatever. But he seems to wiggle out of those positions and end up doing something with it. And I feel like that's when we scored. Um, I feel like he got the ball and played it back to Smallwood, who then set Chapman up for a goal, which, uh, like you've alluded to, were an absolute pinger. Um, so, yeah, impressive. I feel, I feel like um, that was the first half. In the second half, to me... Um, I'll start this one off. Critchlow, I've got a man crush on Critchlow, as Chris will tell you. He, absolute Rolls Royce. He didn't do a lot, but everything he did, he just looked so classy. Like Everything was just so easy to him. His demeanour on the pitch, everything, he just really impressed me. Um, Ryan East as well as another one. Um, he did a bit of a mazy run um, from defensive midfield at one point. And you know what? He's really surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. When you look at him, it looks like a really sort of young, young lad, um, quite shy quite within himself, but on the pitch, some player. Um, big fan. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, he looked great. Agree with Critchlow. I think there was was there was that run that he, he he pretty much ran the entire field at one point. Yeah. And he looked good, but yeah, East looked really good. Um, I thought uh, Harrit was a little bit quiet. I mean, he did score. 
fair play. That's his job to yeah. do. Yeah. But he was a bit quiet. But um, I think also for uh, Issa as well. I thought Issa was really good. Um, he's, you know, I think I think he's going to be some player this year. I think because obviously we haven't seen him because he's been injured for a year. But whenever I talk to the Scumfort boys, they always bang on about how good he is. So hopefully this season we'll actually be able to see that. It's almost like a new signing in Issa. Um, I feel like. Again, he showed glimpses. Um, Reece Donnan as well, um, going down that wing, oddly enough. Um, Maradona turns and all sorts, which were which were funny to see. And it, it, again, every pre-season, Reece Donnan almost looks like a world beater and then he gets injured and we don't see him again. So it would be nice for his progress to see if he is going to come into the first team or if he's going to go on loan. I guess I guess time will tell. Um, but again, for me, I'd say that there are sort of weaknesses uh, in that squad. Um, again, I've said it every week, right back for me. Uh, Frel Kelder, I don't think he did an awful lot wrong in the first half, but we were stood on the same side as him and he didn't say one word the whole of that first half. He didn't shout for the ball. He didn't say anything. And that concerns me. Um, when you're in space and you're hugging the touchline, wanting the ball, should you be screaming for it? I don't know. What do you, what you think about that one, mate? Yeah, it was a bit a bit, bit odd, wasn't it? And I know that Smallwood at, at one point was telling him what, what position to go in. Again, he didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a bad 45 minutes. Just seemed like, um, yeah, there was just no communication with him. They wasn't talking to the other players, and I just found that really, really bizarre. Um, but yeah, I think again, right back is is the problem. However, is that what we're going to be going with? I mean, I don't know if we're going to be going with wing backs, you know, which I do think, and I think probably perfect man for that is Levi Sutton. Yeah, and we'll talk about him in a second because we've got a funny story to tell you all, but. Um, <laughs> Talking about the formation and what Chris has just touched on, I don't know if everybody else is listening to this, you might want to back this point up, but at certain points we had two defenders sat on our halfway line and our wing-backs were all the way up. We had two at the back and we were only taking like a throw-in in their half and it was really bizarre to see. So it seems like we're going to play really high. Saying that, it's a friendly at Bradford Park Avenue. We're not going to read too much into it, but that was really interesting, you know, how much of a high line we were playing um, and at the back, every one of those centre-backs for me, I can't knock any of them. Um, Platt looked good in the first half as well. Songo, like you mentioned. Um, Critchlow as well. Every one of them um, looked really good. Kelleher as well. Don't think it had a bad game. Um, but I, th- I feel like it's a really strong position of ours. I haven't even seen our boy yet, have we, mate? We haven't seen him play. Although he was there. He was there. And guess what, guys? He was looking at me. He was looking at that pink hat. And he thought, where have I seen his face before? And he's right. yeah, that's the man that created that beautiful chance. Didn't he, Chris? You were looking at me. He did. he did. And all the other City boys were, to be yeah. fair, they were all pointing and laughing. So... Pointing and doing hand gestures and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. but we're not going to go into too much detail. Um, so just talking about the rest of the match before we get on to Levi Sutton, because it's, it's quite a nice uh, heartwarming story, you might say, about Levi. Um, but like the, the experience at Bradford Park Avenue, for me, um, it's the biggest attendance that they've had um, by an extra 600 fans. So... Does that mean that our fans are a little bit more committed and excited to see this team? What do you think? Well, actually, they've had to come back now and apologise because it isn't their record capacity. But that's 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 it came out from them first, though. Apparently, FC United, I think it was 2011, was the highest by about another 200 fans. But I think yep. that, to be honest with you, it's just the enthusiasm we've got for City this season. That's the reason why there were so many of us there. Seeing Mark Hughes, meeting Mark Hughes was just barmy just just even seeing him on the dugout it's just still to me it's just really really strange and yeah there's there's a lot of optimism and to be honest with you I'm I'm not surprised you know we've done we've done really well in this transfer market I still think we're going to sign a couple more players I think yeah. there'll be a couple going out I know that that's kind of already been said but I do believe that there will be I think there'll be another striker coming in Sure. It's funny what you say about Mark Hughes because we uh, we actually we we were stood next to Ryan and he came over and he went, "You're right, guys." And me and me and Chris were stood there like Kevin and Perry when they're in the supermarket <laughs> and they're both bright red. We were like, oh, you know, we didn't know what to do and we shook his hand and we we're both just looking after us like, "What? What? Wow!" He just got such like an enigma um, and like a force field around him or something. He's like some sort of Jedi or something. I can't explain it. It's bizarre. Um, I don't know. Just something about him in the mate. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, I proper fanboyed it. I did. I yeah. absolutely did. And I, I told him that, you know, he's, he's a big hero of mine from 90s yeah. football. I absolutely loved 
Mark Hughes. So I made made myself look a little bit of a tip, but never mind, you know, these these things happen. But also, he, he's so muscly. He's absolutely huge. Ripped, ripped to shreds. Oh. And um, yeah, it, it just it, just a unit. Like his legs, everything about him just looks so stocky and just looks like a well-made man, doesn't he? Like he's just been t- taken off the shelf. Um, but yeah, big fan. And it, it made time for us and he was making time for all the fans. And we also spoke to Ryan, which was nice as well. Uh, and we were speaking to Stephen Gent, um, who's done the recruitment. We thanked him um, because, let's be honest, he's done a fantastic job. Uh, and again, is there more to come? We both think so. Is there a striker to come in? Just quickly talking about that, I've had a few inboxes. Mario Balotelli. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It goes from the, the worst to the ludicrous and beyond. So Mario Balotelli's one. Um, my mate, the youth's another. And today's rumour is Andy Carroll. Um <laughs> And again, I just, it's like, it is laughable, isn't it? Let's be fair. Um, somebody said to me that Andy Carroll's going to sign for a year um, and do like a pay your play contract because apparently when he signed for Reading uh, last season, he was only getting paid a grand a week. So would it be a shrewd bit of business? I just don't think we'll get 10 games out of him personally. I don't, I don't see it. What do you think about that, mate? No, garbage. I don't. I don't think, I think it's complete garbage. I think that these have all come from similar people. I know that there was somebody, for instance, who'd been posting about certain players, but yet they'd been asking me earlier that evening uh, what players we were signing. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of rumours. There's obviously the thing as well at the moment where we're going to be signing this big star player. I don't entirely know where that's come from. Now, it might be Chinese whispers, but I'm not entirely sure. I think it might have come from us accidentally because yeah. we um, we sent a tweet out um, after the game because we bumped into Mark Lawn outside on the gate uh, and we sort of quick natter with him. A really, really polite bloke. Uh, really wanted really genuine, um, as Chris will yeah. um, nod to there. Um, and we just said to him, how are things with you and stuff? And he just said he's enjoying himself at the minute, you know, not, not having too many commitments, let's say, like he did at Bradford. But he did say that um, he's heard along the grapevine that there's something big coming. He said he doesn't know anything other than that. He's not spoke to the directors, to Ryan or anybody, um, but he's just got a feeling that there is something really big coming. I think that's the right words that you use, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, that's pretty much what he said. And then uh, just as we were going to try and get some more information out of him, he uh, he got his uh, <laughs> he got his driver to pick him up. So yeah, he did because I know there was there was a rumor somewhere that I'd seen, and I think it got taken down. But I just want to make this clarify this that someone had said that. Mark Lawn had driven home drunk. He did not drive home. I can tell no, you that. So we saw him and someone went and picked him up. So that's not true either. So that needs to stop straight away. Yeah, but we see a lot of this on the hashtag and we spoke about it before and we had the poster as troll busters, you know, we'd have made a bit of a joke about it. But it, I mean, stuff like that, it's a serious accusation. Um, I really do think as people, you've got to be careful what you're putting on there. You're not, you're not bulletproof on Twitter. People will find you. So if you're going to be a troll and a bully on there, then it's up to you, but you know it, it won't last for long because people find your IP address, whatever they need to do, and that's that. But above all, I mean, why don't you be right with people? I don't, I don't understand it, Chris, personally. Um, yeah, you know, it's like because we've had our first fair, fair share of stick, haven't we, mate? <laughs> yeah, we have, we have, and, and to be honest with you, is like off water off a you know, duck's back. It does, it doesn't affect us. I think when I put out that tweet about it, it was just to say, listen, if you don't like us, that's fine. Do you know what? I've got no issues with that. Just don't listen to us. You know, there's nothing else other than that. Just don't listen to us. Don't tune in and we'll take that. And do you know what? Everyone's got to have an opinion. But, you know, sometimes it just just seems a bit silly, to be honest. Let's remember, we're all supposed to be City fans here, right? And we all want the best for the club. So let's just support them. You know, that that's what it should be. I totally agree. And, and like I say, Twitter is a place of opinions and it always needs to be that sort of place. But... It's when you start attacking somebody's character where you're thinking, come on, it's not quite right. And we've seen a lot of it over the last few days, like trolls that seem to have disappeared, actually. Um, a couple of things happened on Twitter over the last few days and they've sort of crawled away again. So we'll see it again throughout the season. We'll get loads of stick, but we're here for it. We can deal with it. So we'll just we'll just see where we go from there. But talking about the enthusiasm of fans, um, obviously it was the first time that we've seen the home kit in person. Just gonna Indeed. get up there a little bit and stick my chest so for out. The podcast, we have both got our uh, Bradford City shirts on the new ones. We do indeed. Um, so we had a bit of a, a travel down to Bradford, um, met up on Saturday. I said Bradford proper there with a D. Um, 
I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, and I was waiting around for Chris. You saw my tweets, had a buddy and what have you, really nice day. And then me and Chris went to the shop and we ended up buying a shirt. I bought an adult's one from a normal sized man. Um, Chris has bought a, Is it extra large boys, Chris? No, Medium it's boys? small. I've even got the tag. In fact, I've got the tag here. Right. So before he, before he tells you, he's going to show you on the screen now if everybody's watching on the video, but it go. does say S and it says £40. For an adult shirt at Bradford City, the cost is £50. So what's happened there? Um, is it is it a man's? Is it a woman's small that he's got? What's gone on there with the price? But well, it looks like it fits well anyway. And if you're happy... It fits that perfectly. fits perfectly, mate. Indeed. Um, so we bought the shirt, we shirts. Um, we really like them. We did a bit of a review that we will come out on YouTube, we think, over the next sort of week or so. Um, let you know what we think. Um, but yeah, it feels really nice quality. My only gripe with it, and I'll say this in the video, is that I feel like here it needs a button. I, yeah. I like the collared shirt to have a button there. And you can see where it's closer for me. That looks miles better and smarter. But again, that's the only thing. Apart from that, they've got the colour spot on, uh, the feel of it, the little bits of detail, quality. Um, we're happy out we mate, with the kit. Yeah, really happy with it. I think even seeing it in the flesh, it just... It's better than I expected. I always mention this. I know that people go on about the 1989 shirt. For me, it reminds me of the 96 shirt, which again is, you know, my first season supporting City. So that's why I love it. And to be honest, it looked great, especially with like the black shorts as well for, for the BPA game. It just looked very smart, really professional. Um, and again, we didn't get a free shirt. We paid for this shirt. So this isn't us trying to say oh, uh, you know, the shirt's great because we got it for free. We didn't get it for free. We paid for it. So there you go. We did. But it's well worth the money, guys. I mean, you make your own mind up. Some people like it. Some people won't. For me, massive improvement um, on last seasons and before. I'd probably say the last 10 years, it's my favourite home shirt. And I, like we were saying before, I, I didn't quite notice, but we have these little sort of Macron, um, what, what would you call them? Like logo branding, I guess, yeah. on the shoulders. Um, I quite like that. It just sort of sets it off a little bit. So... Yeah, they've not been shy on, on putting the branding on, as you can see, um, but it's it's smart. And I guess talking about kits um, and branding, two things. Um, the away kit's got to be coming out on it this week, you'd think. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? We, we've been waiting a while. I expect it must be in the next week. And I, I, I expect we're going to see the third shirt not too long after that. Again, people see... So, Adam, something that came out on the video, actually. So, Adam is adamant. Adam Ant, that it is going to be black and white. I don't think it's going to be black and white. It is. So, it it is. Now, I don't know this for sure, but there's probably been a couple of rumours that have been circling around Twitter um, over the last, so I'd say, two or three months. Um, somebody mentioned it on a YouTube video. Somebody who said they've seen the actual shirt and it's black and white, with, like I say, red and, sorry, not, I keep saying red, claret and amber trim <laughs> on the collar. And that's meant to be like just a normal collar, like um, a V-neck or you know, or neck, whatever you want to call it, crew neck. And then the third shirt, we don't know anything about this, but that is meant to be the most wearable um, mm. of the three. It's meant to be the one that's going to be really, really nice. We think, again, guess at this, it's going to be blue. Hopefully the sky blue that's around this video, maybe. Um, but I guess time will tell. We're just excited, aren't we? We just want more news from the club every day. It's been quite quiet, actually, uh, over the last <laughs> week, um, surprisingly. Yeah, um, yeah we're we not used to this, are we? We're not used to it at all. They've absolutely spoiled us, haven't they, with news, mate? So we're just expecting more and more. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure they'll have some good news um, before the end of the week. Just want to quickly talk about sponsors as well, because you'll see above the video that um, this video is now proudly brought to you by Westview Motor Company. Um, they are now sponsoring us uh, on our podcast as our pre premier sponsor, if you like. So the jingle that you'll hear at the start is them. So it's the best place to get all your new and used vehicles. Um, there are other vehicle companies available in Bradford, of course as you can see. Um, but yeah, um, thank you very much, Dan, at Westview Motor Company for sponsoring us. And if anybody else wants to get involved, um, we're always open to discussions. We're not getting the begging ball out, but we would like to work with other people because it means that we can bring better content to you. So again, thank you very much um, to Dan for that. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important, ahead. just before you go to the next bit, I think, yeah, it's just important to let people know this isn't going into our pockets. This is going on equipment so that we can well, get better equipment for recording, for doing the videos, for doing other things, to for create more content, to create um, some, maybe some merchandise as well, which is what we've got in the pan. So if you think it's that we're getting this paid and we're just going to go out and 
get smashed on it. That's not true. Everything that we that, that we get in will go back into this podcast. Absolutely true. Um, and again, like uh, Chris mentioned, uh, there, there might be things that we're going to bring out in, in regards to merchandise or whatever. And um, but everything will be non-profit. There's nothing we're pulling out of it. It's all for for you guys to make this experience better. So again, thank you for anybody else who's been interested in it. Uh, Pete the Ulrich, uh, he messaged me. He wants to sponsor us. So you might see his name above something at some point. So thank you very much for that. And anybody else that's that's reached out to us as well. Um, so moving on a little bit. Now we spoke about obviously the um, the away kit, the release date and the third kit and things like that. So there's obviously other things going on at the minute. Um, City have landed in Spain on the training camp. Um, and it looks like they're working pretty hard. And everybody seems to be there in the photos. I'm sure they'll release bigger, uh, longer videos and stuff like that. Um, what are your thoughts about the training camp? Do you feel like you're missing out a little bit, Chris? Should we be there? We should be there, man. We should be there. We should be interviewing all the players and finding out all the uh, bits of gossip and everything. Oh, no, it's great. And uh, I won't mention which, which player said this to us before the game, but they said that the feeling in this training camp is phenomenal. They are just, it just says it's a different level. All the players are really on side, really excited for what's going on. So, you know, that that only speaks volumes and I think they have to get away. You know, there's a lot of new players coming into this squad that we need to have them, you know, just spend some time away together, gelling and, you know, let's see what happens um, with the game next week. I will mention the name because I've already done it on Twitter anyway, so I might as well. Oh, it'll, fair lead me on, it'll lead me on to the next point anyway. <laughs> yes, it um, will. You know, it's coming. Um, so, yeah, the person that told us that was Levi. So we were walking past the dugouts to get to the other side when we were watching Bradford Park Avenue. That sounded like a joke about chickens crossing the road, but it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, we, we, so we were speaking to Levi. We stopped at the, the audience and just said, I said, all right, mate, um, we're going to get your toilet brush signed. And he's like, what? So then he came out and spoke to us. So this will all make sense as we go along. Um, and like Chris was alluding to there, um, we were asking him just questions about himself because he's had an operation. Um, so we think he's going to be back for maybe the first couple of weeks in the season. Really eager to get back. He said the quality in the camp um, is much better this season. Um, the feeling around it, the atmosphere, he just said it's a really good group of lads and everybody's sort of singing off the same hymn sheet and Mark Hughes is just incredible. Um, so it was really nice to hear. And do you know what? We are just talking just with him for probably about 15 minutes or whatever. And he's such a nice lad and he's just so down to earth and pleasant and he couldn't make enough time for us really. Um, what yeah, he did he's... say... Go on, mate. After you, Chris. No, go on. Carry on. Um, him and the Elliot Watt um, were actually really good mates. And I feel like you could probably make that up, couldn't you, when you've, you've seen the videos and stuff like that. And I think you're a bit gutted um, to see him leave, to be honest. Now, so moving on to the story that you're all waiting for, the anticipation, drum roll. Um, so him and Elliot Watt had this, like, you know the spinning things that you get where it's got prizes on it? Like, um, what's the game show called when you had that big spinning wheel? Do you remember it? I can think of Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, we'll call it that anyway. So yeah. they had like a Wheel of Fortune, but it was like a wheel of awfulness, basically. Um, so they used to, every day in training, what they'd do is they'd spin this wheel and whatever they landed on, they had to kind of do. So basically, this day that they went in, he span it, did Levi, and it landed um, on like the toilet brush. So yeah, we're talking about a toilet brush that you scrape the bottle of the toilet with at the training ground. So Richard O'Donnell was telling us this story as well a couple of weeks back on the podcast. If you want to listen to that one, you'll hear it. Um, and basically what we're saying is in training in the morning, the lads, they all have the breakfast and the coffee and stuff like that. And obviously when you're eating in the morning, you're in coffee, you need to go to the toilet, essentially. So anyway, it said that that had been that. And then in the afternoon, that's when they came back and were playing this game. So span the wheel, it landed on that. And Levi, as he said to us, a dare is a dare. So... <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he proceeded to actually go into the toilet and he licked the toilet brush. But before he did it, he was a bit unsure. So the lads was egging him on, saying, go on, mate, go on, do it. You've got to do it. We'll give you 20 quid if you do it, all this and that. So he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So he went in and he, he did it and he came out and they wouldn't give him his money, would they, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, so that, this is what um, Richard O'Donnell was alluding to a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's... It's, it's, um, it's brilliant. It is. I mean, to be fair to him, we did ask him if we could say it online because we weren't going to say it. We were just going to keep it as a running joke. But to be fair to him, he was so down to earth. He was like, oh, I don't care. Just go for it. Just say it. And uh, yeah, so there it is, Levi. If you're listening, yeah. mate. Love it. 
I hope he's listening. I bet he does. I bet he's a secret listener. But yeah, I mean, all he kept saying to us was a dare is a dare. So I mean, that, you know, there's somebody in your camp that'll do that kind of thing. It's just, it's a lot of fun in it. I mean, it's disgusting. Don't get me wrong. If anybody's eating the tea, lioness, I know you like to eat when you're listening to this. I apologise in advance. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just, I don't know, to me, it just suggests that they're just normal lads. Saying that, yeah. I don't think I'd ever lick a toilet brush, Chris. I don't know about you, mate. No, not not particularly, mate. No, I mean, even, even, a, even a clean one, but you've got 24 lads in a team all going to the toilet. It's just, oh, it's disgusting. But anyway, that's the story. Um, so I don't know what you guys thought. We put the toilet out there a couple of weeks back to give you a bit of a hint, but I bet you weren't expecting that one. So there yeah. we go. So, so, so we're going to get him to sign. We're going to get him to sign a toilet brush. We are. Okay. So that should be uh, quite interesting. And uh, I think, well, we might be getting a couple, actually, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, so if you see me and Chris like a pair of idiots at the first game of the season with toilet brushes at the front with all kids getting the thing signed, <laughs> that's why. Um, so, yeah, we are going to do that. We're going to get some white ones from Asda or some There are other supermarkets available. Um, and we're going to we're gonna go and get him to sign it. And we're also going to give him his 20 quid. Not that he think, we think he needs it, though. I think he's doing all right in the lad. Yeah, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it at all. We what? He doesn't need it. But it's a gesture. Him. It's a gesture yeah. because we appreciate what he did. He took one for the team, you know. And I feel like he deserves that twenty pound. Yeah, yeah. So moving on a little bit, then um, talking about the future of things that we're going to do. We talked about the sponsorship and things like that. So on the first game of the season, which is the thirtieth of July, we're going to do a live podcast um, down at the Exchange in Bradford, which is a bar. I don't know if you've ever been to it. If you have, it's great. If you haven't, go. Um, so we're going to do a live podcast. It's probably going to start around 12 noon. Um, me and Chris are going to be in there. Anybody wants to come down and join us, heckle us, do whatever you want. You're more than welcome. Um, it probably will be sponsored by somebody. We're, we're waiting to find out who that will be. Um, but like I say, we'll just be chatting to fans. We'll be talking about things that are going on at City, predicting what's going to happen in the game, talking about maybe the kits and things like that. So please come down and join us. Uh, come for a beer. Um, come for a night with us. You're more than welcome. Anything to add on that, mate? I think it's just just be nice to uh, see a few faces again. First game of the season, just a bit of fun. Like I said, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just thought it might be quite nice to get some city fans together. Let's have a chat, ask us some questions. You know, whatever you want to ask us, really within reason. Um, and yeah, we, get yourself down to the exchange. It's a great pub. I usually start in there to be honest with you when I'm going through a match day. If I'm getting off the train, I'll go there first. I always like a couple of beers up there and then end up putting off parade. So yeah, just get involved and um we hope to see you there. And, and somehow or another we will also record the episode. That's the plan as well. So come on down. Simple come on down. That. Been a come bit of a game show today, isn't it? Game show. Yeah. That game was, show podcast. What was that one again? That was um, Price is Right, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I was going to say Family Fortunes, but yeah, Price is Right. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. All these references. Loving it. Um, so just talking about the exchange and going back to um, Saturday, just gone. Um, so me and Chris obviously went to the game Friday and we met up. Um, and what I will say about that is the queues for a beer were ridiculous at Rapper Park Avenue. They need to do something about that. Again, they don't usually have as much footfall, but... Chris disappeared for like 20 minutes. We thought he'd been taken by cruelty man or something. You know, we were panicking. Uh, but he came back with some beers and we were all right in the end. But um, yeah, that, that was our. But then the day after, um, we decided to meet up because we'd gone to the shop and stuff. But we actually went to the exchange um, for a beer just to sort of have a bit of a recce and what have you. And uh, the beer in there, the, the amount that you can get is incredible. Um, there's so many pints you can have, all different things. Um, quite obscure ones as well, things that you've not had before. So do go and check it out. And the other good thing about it is that my favourite thing is it's right next door to Pizza Pieces. Um, cool. That place must have been in Bradford since the 80s or whatever. Somebody can let me know about that. Um, but they do these gigantic pieces of pizza. They're like literally the size of my head uh, and they're really good. Um, so what we did is we went there and the exchange actually let you take the food in there. I think you might have to ask before you just go and randomly do it. Um, but you let you take your food in there and we, we sat and ate it and it was fantastic, wasn't it, mate? You had some olives. Posh. They were banging. They were absolutely banging. And this is what, what time was this? About two o'clock. And yeah. it was absolutely rammed was uh, Pete's place, wasn't it? It was just yeah. so, so busy. But I tell you what, that pizza we had, oh my word. Do you know what? I was craving it yesterday. Yeah, it was <laughs> really good, craving it. It. it was good. And do you know what? I'm going to put it out there. If anybody can guess correctly what pizza they think that me and Chris had, then there might be a prize in it for you. So if you can tweet us with, use your imagination, 
let us know what you think because I don't think you're going to guess it. I don't know why, but I just think that you're not going to get this one. So let us know what you think we had. Uh, but yeah, if anybody does uh, go that way before match day, really good. Get yourself some pizza and, and a beer. Um, both venues, fantastic. And it was nice to meet Chris as well in person um, over this weekend because oddly enough, nobody probably knows this, that before, I think we have met once or twice maybe on North Parade, but since we've been doing the podcast, we've never met up properly until these this last weekend just gone. Um, it was really weird because I'd felt like I'd known Chris for years. It was bizarre. I don't know what mm-hmm. you think, mate. Yeah, it was exactly the same. It was so strange. I mean, like... We, we, we say that we've probably met a couple of times. We don't know if we have, uh, just through different friends and stuff. But it was really bizarre. It was like we'd known each other for, for years. Weird, man. Weird. Yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, but nice. It was really good to do it. And we also met up with Liam Chu, who gets a bit of stick on the uh, on the old hashtag as well. He, he was in there and we saw Johnny Brayson, who does the, the Johnny vlogs or something. Uh, sorry if I've got that wrong, Johnny, but I know you're a listener and... Um, bumped into quite a few people and just chatting away and it, it was really nice. It just feels like we've got like this community spirit. I know at times on the hashtag it feels like we haven't, but I think that every fan in our fan base pretty much is really approachable and happy to have a chat and I think that's really nice. Uh, and I think it probably goes for just us being Bratfordians and well, yourself as technically an adopted Bratfordian, but we'll have you, mate. We'll have you. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was nice to meet a few people as well. That um, I mentioned Bowers as well. We saw Bowers, didn't we? We did. We did see Bowers, yeah, yeah and we... Uh, we saw him fangirling. It was like we saw Jamie Walker walking away, <laughs> and then this like bad smell following him the whole way, all the way down. And I looked. I said, "That's Bowers, is that?" So we went over another natter, and uh, yeah, really nice lad. Um, and he's, he's obviously the number one fan in Jamie Walker's fan club. Um, so yeah, nice to meet you, mate. By the way, really nice to meet you. And you keep that Jamie Walker love going. Yeah, because he's top player. He's, he's he's a good guy as well. Is Jamie really really, really nice is. guy? You can tell he wants to be here and he's just got that heart and that desire um, to do well. And I, I feel like he's going to be our vice-captain. I feel like Smallwood's going to get captaincy. Um, but for anybody who wasn't there, Jamie Walker did wear the armband and pick the trophy up at the end. Um, but we think, I mean, Chris think, that Smallwood's going to be the man and yeah. Jamie Walker is his understudy a little bit. Yeah, I, there's, I, there's no doubt for me that Smallwood's the captain. That, that, will, that will absolutely happen. And what was quite nice was that we had some of his family behind us uh, and I will mention this. Um, and they mentioned to us that Smallwood actually actually contacted City because he wanted to be here. And I think it's really important that we tell people that because, you know, it just shows you, emphasises how much he wants to be at this club. And that is, you know, that is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's funny because I, I feel like Stephen Jennings had a big deal to do with this um, because his... We saw a tweet, I think it was... Um, either Gent's brother or Smallwood's brother, one of the other, actually to retweet it a couple of weeks ago. And he said that Stephen Gent's dad played football with uh, Richard Smallwood's dad. So maybe that connection's coming to play. And I think it has, and that's probably why we've got Harry Chapman as well. Um, Smallwood's probably brought him along. But that's this is why it's, it was such an unbelievable signing. But the fact that he actually wanted to come here and drop down two levels is incredible to me. Um, so he's obviously buying into this project. Uh, Mark Hughes said when he first came, Again, this isn't quote-unquote, but he said something like, um, there's a big, bigger reason why I'm here or something along those lines. Um, I think there's more to it than meets the eye is what we're getting from that. So that'll be interesting to see what develops. Is, is there more investment coming in? Is something going through? What's happening, mate? Any ideas? No, but I mean, I've got to think about our wage budget at the moment. I mean, we must be. Well, unless there were certain players that were on absolute fortunes last season and we've managed to bring in a few players for you know a couple of bob I mean to be fair like Smallwood there's no way that Smallwood's on minimal amount is it so is it that we have got more investment that we just don't know about again some I <laughs> we really don't know but it's got to be asked doesn't it because you know the amount of players that we've caught you know again as I mentioned we had two different 11s playing against BPA and either one of those I think could have could have started in League Two. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And obviously, we feel like this player's going to go out. There's going to be movement either way, but I still feel like we're going to bring some in. Like you mentioned, I feel like a striker might come in right back, maybe another central midfielder just for a bit of depth in there. Um, it's interesting. Um, we've got to be bursting at the seams, really, because compared to last season, again, I know we did a bit in January and we brought some of these sort of players that have been around the block, let's say, journeymen in, um, that probably paying a bob or two, but... It does seem like we're going for it a bit, mate, doesn't it? 
yeah, it does. And, and I think that's clear for anybody to see. I don't think anybody's particularly complaining about the players that we're bringing in. Um, and there's just, just so much depth. I do think we need another striker. I really do. I think that that needs to happen. I do think that will happen. I do think there will be another striker coming in. So it's just, it's just, yeah, I mean, I just, do you know what? I just can't wait for the 30th. I'm so excited for the 30th. I can't remember being this excited for a season to start, to be honest with you. I mean, you always get the excitement. You know, before before in pre-season, you're thinking, yeah, I just want the game to start. Derek Adams last season when he came in, it was exciting. It was new. We were ready to rock and roll with it. But it does, it has a different feel, feel to it this season. The recruitment team, to me, is the best it's ever been with more to come. Smaller than its own in isolation is huge, but that takes away from the Jamie Walker signing. Harry Chapman, and the man himself, Timmy Odisuna. We love you, Timmy. Um, and in fact, I think that Timmy Odisuna signed after the last episode. I think we were talking about him on last Monday, and I'm sure that's when he actually signed. Um, oh, I was so happy. We've been on about it for weeks, haven't we? Like, the rumour's been going round and round, and we've both been saying, totally convinced he's signing. And then we sort of said, I put a tweet out saying, don't think it, it might not happen now or something. And then all of a sudden, boom, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, because uh, the rumours were that he wanted to go play for Challoner at Stockport as he played with him at Hartlepool. So we we felt that that pull was probably going to be too strong. However, we managed to we managed to bring it in. And oh, my word, how excited. And the fact that, you know, when you did the space after, <laughs> after we signed yeah. him and you're running around the house. I, I couldn't breathe. You know, and, and somebody pointed out on the space, I was just out panting, I was out of breath because I was just, I was literally walking in circles around my house and, you know, I lasted, and then dogs sat looking at me like, what's going on? Dog, dog's anxious thinking, what's he going to do? And I was just like, my heart was just pulsating and I don't know, we knew it was going to happen or we thought we knew it was going to happen, but when it actually happened, you're still thinking, wow, same with Smallwood. I did one for that as well because them two signings to me are massive. Um, and do you want me to sing a song for you again? Go on then. We sing his name everywhere we go. Hartlepool wanted him, but he said no. Ardy sooner. Timmy, Ardy sooner. There you go. That's a sound bite for you fans out there that keep sort of clipping this off and sharing it amongst yourselves. So I did. It was funny though because I had a couple of people um, talking to me at Rapper Park Avenue saying, I just can't stop singing that song. I love it. So there we go. All the time, mate. Honestly, even like. The day after we'd done the chance, and I didn't tell you this, but I remember I was driving to Harrogate for work and I just could not get that song out of my head. It was just sat there and I was like, God, see, just go away. People end up hearing it by the end of the season. But the, the funny thing is, the song that it was meant to be was to have you seen about the cheer lights. But when you actually sing it, it's more like LOA, LA Lola, isn't it? It's Lola. It's Lola. But you decide, guys, whatever you want to do, as long as you're singing it at the top of your voice. But it seems to really caught on that. Um, and it's maybe inspired us. I did do a, um, a Jamie Walker one that were horrendous, though. So I think I might have peaked on it sooner. Um, but I will, I will try. I will try to do some more. I think Levi deserves one. Yeah. I really does. do. I mean, I'm um, not going to do it anymore because I was just absolutely terrible, to be honest with you. I just I just rehashed one. So um, that's not my, it's not my calling, mate, to be honest. You are a singer, though, Chris. It should be. I am, but I, I was thinking just as I was saying that, I was going, well, I should maybe be. Don't book him. Don't book him for your wedding, guys. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but but no, I mean, I mean, I don't think yours is that bad. I just think that the fact that it's so good is because it's original and nobody's done it. And I'm just going to kiss my own ass because I just think it's fantastic, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll see if we can do any more. Somebody said something about Osadib the other day as well that I quite liked. I can't remember what it was now. Um, but yeah, if anybody's got any really funny original chants, please, not recycled ones that we've had over the years, um, then send them in and we'll uh, we'll read them out for you as well. Um, so, talking about atmospheres, stadium atmospheres, things like that, and chants, that leads us on. Last season, let's be right, the stadium atmosphere was poor. Um, we've, we've come on on the spaces and people have blamed Derek Adams and what have you, but... Is there more to it than that? Is it now there's a separation between the cop and the northwest corner? This isn't my opinion, guys. I'm just creating the conversation between everybody. What are your thoughts, Chris, on why the, the atmosphere was just so drab last season? Um, it's a difficult one. I think that, I mean, I personally think it works, the corner. I do. I, I quite like it. 
think the problem was was that when it was toxic, it was really toxic. So, for instance, when we played Leighton Orient at home, I remember I was sat next to my um, mate and I said, if they score here, Leighton Orient, this is going to go so toxic. It's going to be incredible. And it did. I remember, I think we drew one all in the end. I think we pulled a goal back. But it's it's just about getting the, the ground right, isn't it? And I know that we, listen, how many years have we been looking at this? Obviously, we tried to put, you know, the TL Dallas stand. We tried to get the fans in there. It didn't particularly work. So is it is it that we need everyone back in the cup? I don't know. I think personally, if people still want to be in the way, not, you know, the corner, then they should be. And I personally don't mind it at all. What about yourself? Yeah, I feel like it's got some real potential, me, um, because it, it sort of connects the cop with the main stand. Uh, generally, over the years, let's be honest, the cop is where the noise has always come from. It's where the singing's always come from and the chants have always started. And I feel like taking that drum out of there, um, which again, do we need the drum or not? That's another debate as well. Um, and putting it into the northwest corner, it kind of discombobulates everybody because um, then the northwest corner is starting chants, the cop are like behind. And I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure about the overall ground atmosphere, what effect it's had. Um, but what I will say is I think that those lads are trying something that is really good and really positive. Anybody yeah. that does anything like that, I think it should be, you know, um, respected. And I yeah, feel like I, they've, they've tried. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I know that, you know, Ben has been a part of that, of getting that started and, you know, just trying to have that kind of European atmosphere and why not? And you, I mean, we've got to look back at last season was terrible. You know, look at our look at our home form. No wonder we weren't, you know, singing and chanting all the way through the games. It was a terrible year at home last year. So I don't I, I, whether whether when we're, you know, hopefully fingers crossed we're playing well under Hughesy, we get a bit more atmosphere. I mean, to be fair, you know, to say how many season tickets we've sold as well, it's it's exciting, and I hope that there will be more atmosphere, and we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, for me, I just feel like the, we don't have to rely on four or five hundred lads in a in a little section of the ground to create all the noise. There's seven and a half thousand seats in the cop, and I reckon you're going to be four thousand plus in there this season. Four or five thousand that are going to be sat in there. We can make it. And I'm not saying we. I'm sat in there. So I'm saying we. But the the cop can make its own noise. It can make its own atmosphere. And it's good that we've got other sections in the ground singing as well. It's the more noise, the better. It really is. And for me, the ideal scenario, like I mentioned, is it moves around the ground. You know, the, the cop starts chants, Northwest Connor joins in, it goes to the family stand, vice versa. Um, we're all singing off the same hymn sheet. We all want the same thing. Who listening to this podcast does not want Valley Parade rocking? The answer is it, nobody. Everybody wants it to be absolutely booming, like it was in the glory days. You know, you look at some of the videos on YouTube. One of my favourite ones is when Parker came back with Bolton um, and we were like singing a, You're Not Famous Anymore. Yeah, no, You're Not The Special Anymore or something, right? Yeah, that was that was the one, I think. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. Not Special Anymore, that were it. You're Not Special Anymore. And do you know, the atmosphere was brilliant. It sounds a little bit toxic, that, but it wasn't. It was all sort of said in jest and stuff. And I think it was McCall's first game back and the atmosphere were absolutely brilliant. And it just seems to sort of be tailed off since that point to me. Um, and got really bad. Like, like I say, last season was horrendous. But then again, um, but then again, to be fair, mate, so is our form. So is yeah. you know, you're talking over the last four or five years. And and to be honest with you, we we haven't had anything to sing about True. For, for a long time. So of course that's going to be around the time. I mean, I, do you remember the um, Sheffield United game, the three all game? Yep, yeah, Dieng scored, didn't it? That was what the atmosphere in that game was incredible. It was. That's the best it I think was. I've seen it since then. I always remember as well when we played Sunderland in the FA Cup. Um, I brought along one of my uh, Leeds mates with me, and he said it's one of the best atmospheres he's ever ever heard. That's the thing. Once Valley Parade gets going, it's it's a force to be reckoned with, and you you create that twelfth man for the lads on the pitch. And when we're shooting towards a cop end, we literally suck the ball into the goal. We went through that season, didn't we, unbeaten at home like the whole way through. And yeah. the big part of that were the fans were totally on side. And I think, like you've just alluded to, if our fans are seeing a good brand of football and them having a go and trying to score goals, like we've always seen it at Valley Parade. We've always been at home. We want to go and win the game. And it, it, we, we haven't seen that every last season, apart from when Hughes came in. And I feel like we're going to see that more. Um, and that will make for more positivity and more people getting off the seats and, and what have you. Because like, like I said last season, I alluded to some of the spaces. I looked behind me and there were like little lad. About 60 minutes in, it was cold as well. It was asleep 
uh, on the seats. So, I mean, if little lads are coming to the game football and they don't even want to watch it, they're asleep, what does that say? And I could have been asleep, to be honest with you. Yeah. In fact, I think it was um, Crawley when we were 1-0 up at half-time and we are absolutely battering him in the first half. And yeah. then we came out and we just sat off it. Didn't want yeah. it. And they scored into John Yem's shithouses. Um, yeah. So, you're right. I feel like, you know, the football on the pitch does have, a, have a, you know, some to do with it, something to do with it, if you like. But I feel like as fans, we could probably do more as well to get behind them and not just sort yeah. of throw toys out of prom, I guess, if we go 1-0 down, you know? Yeah, I, but again, it's it's about that effort. And, and I think that that's something that, you know, I've mentioned before about City when people have asked me, well, you know, who's who's the right kind of manager you want at Bradford City? Well, we want someone who understands what the club is and what it means to us. Yeah. Mark Hughes gets that. Derek Adams did not get that. He did not get it at all. And that is why he was out the door as soon as he was. So I think that, you know, once we've got... I mean, to be fair, if you think back to the first game that Hughes had, and the atmosphere was pretty good for that one, even though I want to say it was Mansfield that we that we got beat. It was. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a. I mean, they were probably the best team that played us that season, to be honest with you. Um, but the atmosphere was good. The atmosphere was, you know, understandable. But then again, there was there was a hundred times more effort put in in that game. Yeah. Than went yeah. under Derek Adams. And it, it was clear to see wanted the change in even the players, like just the way that they wanted to actually play football again and. Everything just seemed to change since that point, and like at that point as well, the rup out momentum was really building. Um, people wanted someone to blame. People felt like Derek Adams wasn't the issue; he's at the board. But let's be honest: over these last few months, that's died a death a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. I, I mean, know, that's well, that's an interesting one for you, though, mate. Because would you? Because this is a, a discussion that I've seen quite a bit, and you probably were just about to mention about that. Was do we think that Stefan is putting more money into the club or do we think the club are handling their money better? I think the club are handling the money better. Um, we've got more money coming from season ticket sales. Um, we've had fees come in. I just think we've probably just got a little bit more money to spend. Maybe the, the problem is, or the problem was last season, that maybe money was taken rather than left in the club because we are self-sufficient, aren't we? Let's be honest. And the money that we have to spend is money that's made through uh, various avenues in the club. Like the sponsorship deal from Macron, that's gone into the pot. Um, like I say, the sale of some of the younger players, what we've got to feed for him as well. I feel like the budget's coming from that. And I just feel like we have more of it because we've made more money. And the backlog over COVID, because we were paying out, uh, out a little bit, weren't we, to, to survive, I guess. Um, I don't think it got to that much of an extreme that we needed to survive. Um, but we've felt the pinch a little bit since COVID and it's been alluded to. Um, I don't think Rupp's put any more money in. I don't think he has. Um, I did mention this a couple of weeks ago, like possibly he did. But I don't think he has. Um, but maybe he's just not taking as much out and he's saying, right, invest that money that you've got straight back into that playing budget. Thoughts, mate? Yeah, I, 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 exactly the same as you, really. I, I don't think that he's putting any more money in. Um, but as I say, we could have worse owners. We really could. We could be Oldham. We could be Scunthorpe. Luckily, Oldham look like they're going to be safe. Scunthorpe haven't, I don't think they've even signed a player yet. Uh, they're in big, big trouble. So we could we can complain about ownership all we want. Let's see what happens this season. You know, that it's what that what it matters is what's on the field, not off the field. However, you know, I know that people make jokes and stuff of like, oh, are we going to announce a new sponsorship deal today? But all that is bringing in money to the club. When have we ever seen that to that extent? We've never seen that. So they're, you know, very cleverly doing these 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 sponsorship deals and bringing in that money and it all goes somewhere do you know what i mean absolutely and, and that seems to have stepped up massively um over the last sort of year or so maybe two years and i feel like it goes under the radar a little bit they do obviously put it on twitter but like you've just mentioned that money all goes into the club it's brilliant what they're doing like the sponsorships getting them with like companies like morrison's and local firms that, like regal as well that's a new one and um, we've never really dealt with why haven't we why aren't we reaching out to these company companies um, so it's really interesting, and I feel like we need to congratulate them on that. The model, it seems really professional at the moment. Stephen Gent, to me, for anybody who can't see him, I'm just bowing down to him right now because yeah. the recruitment has been phenomenal so far. Um, there's more to be done in my head. I feel like there's more that's going to come through. Maybe something that's going to shock us. Maybe not Andy Carroll, but maybe something else that's going to shock us. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, as a club overall, I feel like 
professionalism is on a new level. What would you say about that, mate? Yeah, I do. You can see it. Listen, even at BPA, you could see it. You could see the professionalism. And who was it? Someone mentioned something about even the pre-match. You know, it doesn't always seem like it matters much, but just like how organised it looked, like you know, just me, just warming up. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just, was. It you're just, right. Like the drills and stuff they were doing, it just seemed like they were so in tune with it. They were. Resp- Sometimes you see them, don't you? And they're having a laugh between themselves, two or three of them, like stood, stood around kicking a ball around. They were driven to do exactly what they were told. Um, Glyn, is it Glyn? Glenn Glenn Hodges Hodges, um, was the one sort of dictating what they needed to do. He seems like a mean man and all, but I like it. Um, He's massive, isn't he, by the way? Yeah, he's huge. He's he's like, um, someone said he's a bit like Neil Ruddock. He is, he is. And he's like sort of them gangster films down in London because he's got like a proper Cockney accent as well. Or, well, I don't want to offend you there, mate. Whatever your accent is, it's down south to me. Um, But yeah, it, it just seems like all the players are like really determined to get into the work and were so focused and ready for it and like I said the professionalism just seems to be the whole way around the club at the minute yes people listening to this thinking you two are just spouting positivity but <laughs> for me I, well, I can't help it do. because everything's to be positive about apart from the collar on the shirt and even the button but apart from that it's positive isn't it mate well yeah I mean I mean to be fair we haven't we haven't started the season yet so you know don't think that if we lose 4-0 we're going to be going oh that were a great game we played really well that's not going to happen. That's where you're going to probably see little bits of difference. I suppose for us as well, because we mentioned about BPA, it probably wasn't the most exciting game of all time. But, you know, there were there were positives. There was, you know, a lot more positives than there were negatives. Could we play better? Yes, we absolutely could have done. But that's just something, you know, with the, that you'll see. So, yeah, maybe we are a bit too positive sometimes. But how can we not be? Like you said, how can we not be? We'll touch on ownership as well. I wanted to mention this because I find it really interesting. Um, I'm going to mention um, Crawley and I'm going to men- mention Wagme. Now, to me, you talk about the professionalism on our side of things and the way that we're running at the minute and the way that our recruitment's going. They sent a tweet out or something affiliated with them sent a tweet out to say that what player do you think we should sign as fans? Like To me, that is absolutely ludicrous. Like We could have been in that position. I'm putting it out there to see what you guys think. To me, as a fan of a football club and organisation that's reaching out to fans to say that kind of stuff, that would really, really worry me. Chris might have a different opinion on this, so I'll let him come in in a second. Um, I'm not one of these totally into crypto. You see how Bitcoin's gone totally down the pan. Um, I know your NFTs, they've got partnerships coming out of Adidas and things like that. People think it's got real potential. But for me, I'd be really worried if I was a quality fan and, and I'm quite grateful that they didn't get their hands on Bradford. That might be quite a small-minded view. Chris might tell me why why it is. So I'll pass it to you. Yeah, well, I, I was part of, when I was on Lower League, look, we had Preston on, who's the owner of, or the, the spokesperson, or I suppose he is the owner, actually, of Wagme. He's a very clever guy, very intellectual, and he knows about his sports. And to be honest with you, listening to that episode, it did make sense, the model. I think a lot of people think that they're going to be buying players with Bitcoin. That's not the case. What they're going to be doing is they're opening up globally for people to follow Crawley Town. I know that sounds bizarre. I mean, to be honest with you, I asked him, well, we asked him whether he was going to turn it into Wagme United. But um, I think you've you've got to see what they're doing. I mean, you know, they, they, they brought in Telford last week. Incredible signing. However, for me, he's only had one good season. So that's that's the worry. Five, um, can you say on that one as well? Five and a half grand a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we knew they were going to throw money at it. So I think they were talking about three million. But with the investors that they've got in, I don't believe that it will be a case of that. They will go under. Not a chance. And also what they've said is if Preston doesn't do well within two years, then he'll be up for re-election and somebody else could come in and do that job. That's part of that uh, that team. So that, even Which, that comment, that worries me, mate. Like you shouldn't have to think we're going to re like where, why do they need well, to re-elect somebody? I don't get that. That's a weird principle for me. Because he's saying that if he doesn't get them up in two years, then somebody else who's got better ideas needs to come in. That's part of the the organisation. Um, but yeah, I, I would tell I tell people to be honest. Yeah, listen to that episode because it is it is really intriguing. You obviously haven't had to listen to it, so you need to have a listen to that one. Although just yeah. to let you know, I am not part of Lower League Look anymore. So, um, but yeah, just. Have a listen to it. it it's, I find it quite an interesting um, podcast, and there was a lot of things that he 
told us that nobody else had known at that point. I just, I don't know. I, I sit on a different side of the fence to you, mate. I really do. I listened to it. I, th- I thought I listened to part of it, but maybe I haven't. But I will give it a listen. I just, I find all this like crypto bros thing a bit worrying. Um, like at any point, could it be, because obviously it's not centralised, is it, to, to normal banking systems? It's like a separate it's, currency and value yeah, of whatever. But I so don't that, think it's, it's necessarily to do with they're not going to be investing with their Bitcoin is what I'm trying to yeah. say. So that, you know, it's not like they're going to come up to uh, Bradford and try and buy someone for 500 Bitcoin or anything like that. That's to... How much are they worth? Like the individuals that are part of it, they're worth quite a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's right. a lot of money involved in that in, in that group. And I, um, I mean, like I said, they think that they're going to be in the premiership at some point. Who's running the football side of things for it then? Who's, who's sort of the, the football brain that they've got on board? The, so they've got the Arsenal under-21s. I think it's Arsenal 21's um, coach who's come in. I cannot remember his name for life. No, sorry. Uh, It's not that. I mean, like, who's the brain that's sort of doing the operations and, like, the general day-to-day recruitment, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so they've got loads of different people. So it's kind of similar model to what a lot of clubs go for now. So the the coach is a coach. He coaches the players. Someone else is in head of recruitment. It's similar to, to be honest with you, very similar to what we've got. And then they've got other people doing stuff as well. So it's not just one person, two people. They've got a big mm-hmm. team. That are, and I believe they've probably just announced all the team. But yeah. But yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I get your point. But yeah, I, th- I think I think it might work. To be honest with you, like no disrespect to Crawley as a football club, but they are quite smaller than us. And um, obviously, you'd never want to see any football team go under at all. Um, but I guess the project is there because have they got much to lose, really? Um, I know that sounds really awful, but I mean, the potentially the, the club could go bust and into administration and that'd be that. But I feel like, I don't, I don't feel like they're going to do that. Or either. I mean, because they're spending that much money on Telford's wages, that to me, that's frightening. Um, but are they going to run them into the ground? Probably not. Have they got yeah. the finances to keep backing them? Potentially, yes. Yeah. But is the rules going to come into play where you've got to be like self-sufficient within these leagues? I don't know. I, just, I, don't, know, I don't know, mate. I just, yeah. I just feel really uncertain about it. Maybe that's because I'm not well-versed in how it all works. Maybe that's what it is. But I'm just pleased yeah. that they're not in charge of Bradford City Football Club. That's just my honest opinion. Yeah, and that's and that's fair. And I think a lot of people are probably saying that as well. Um do I think after the summer that we've had, am I, am I absolutely gutted? Probably not. But it just depends. But I, I, the Crawley Town won't go under. I can promise you that. I can assure you of that. They have got so much money behind them that that they, they will be okay. And it's, it's a long-term project that they are working on. Um, and Preston's a decent guy as well, to be fair. Um, I quite liked him. He just likes to wind people up, though. That's a, I think he's trying to create a... A rivalry with Bradford now, so um, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Everyone down there. that for some reason. Well, everyone seems to be poking the bear, don't they? A little bit this season, it's weird. Why not? Why not? We've got so many fans. Yeah, I mean, that mean that we're to be club down and people to create rivals. Fine, if you want to do that, but it just seems quite bizarre at the minute. So many clubs are trying it. Carlisle again, tweet for some reason. Carlisle fans tweeting my tweets from like two weeks ago and saying stuff I'm like alright thanks for stopping by see you later so one last thing I wanted to touch on um, just before we close up the shop for today is something I saw on Twitter earlier and it was at Grinton Stanley's owner uh, sending a letter to the AFL and I follow um, saying that no longer want to partake in it because the money's not sort of evenly shared out because we get paid for a ways I think as well for how many fans just tune in um, but I don't understand really the viewpoint there um, it's just one of those things isn't it well, I think what he's trying to say is that the home team should keep everything or something like that. Is that does that sound about right? Yeah, it's, it's roughly like that. So Andy Holt, I mean, to be fair, he's he's a bit of a ledge. I think he's quite a character, uh, but he is quite controversial as well. I suppose for him, if you've got to think of it this way, so let's say that I don't know they're playing um, Wednesday or someone like that, and it's on iFollow, they're not going to make as much money. So for me, I kind of get it for those kind of clubs. And to be honest with you, are we now moving on to a new model anyway? Is it time for clubs to just, you know, allow people to get a subscription to watch every game? I think so. It's a money earner. People obviously will say, well, people won't go to the home games, but really 
I'd much rather go to a home game. I'd much rather go to a live game. Much rather go to a away game if I can. But if there's a times when I can't for whatever reason, absolutely, I want to watch the game. So I don't think it's a bad move. I think that that's the way football is moving, and it's the way it needs to. I agree with you. I feel like this, it's it's a different experience going to a football ground and watching a game of football. It's not like it used to be, like when they had the three o'clock watershed, it's still in place, obviously, at the minute. That might be scrapped potentially as well. But yeah, to me, I'm totally with you, Chris. Like, I'm going to Cyprus um, in August. Um, I'm going to miss three games, I think, while I'm there. I can I follow on my phone at the moment, watch all the games, no problem. So to me, it's brilliant. It's like one of the best things that's come out of it. I will always, like you've just said, prioritise going to a game. But those that don't, so like in Cyprus and I can't go, they wouldn't get my money but I could potentially be giving them £10 per game mm. of money they've never got. And I think the club takes £7 out of it or something, like 70% or something like that, don't quote me on it. So, yeah, I feel like it's here to stay. <clears throat> Whether the model will change and the club start doing their own things, who knows. But the good thing is about iFollow is that they don't need to do any hard work, the club. It's so easy to just get your streams on there, job done. And for clubs like us, that's technically a bigger club down here with bigger followings, the model works perfectly at the minute. I feel like last season or something. I'm sure I saw these quoted figures that we earned like 500 grand or something out of it. Wow. Which is crazy, isn't it? But, you know, you think about how many games there are over a season, you've got 46, is it? Um, you know, and if however many fans are paying for that, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of money to be earned. So that seems a lot, 500 grand. Maybe I've overstated that a little bit, but there is some figures out there that will say exactly what we earned off it. So for us, it's been brilliant. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it was obviously, it was the thing that came in through lockdown, wasn't it? Where, you know, fans could actually watch the games. And it and again, technology is changing. I think that we need to start, you know, the whole model of like sports TV full stop is is changing. You know, I, I, I've been saying this for a while, soon enough, you know, you won't need a skybox. In fact, I don't think you even do need a skybox now to be able to watch TV and there's so many different streaming sites out there, but this is something that the, the clubs I personally am really behind. Uh, I don't know what City's views are on that, but I think it's something that we we really did well when the time comes. If if that's what they decide to do, I don't know if it will be this season. I don't think it will. I think if it probably happens, it'll be next season. So we'll see. But I just see it as a money earner, and it gives people the opportunity to watch their team week in week out. You know, if I don't know if you've got you know, ill health and you're able to go to the games anymore, then you can go, you know, you can watch it at home, things like that. So, yeah, it, it, the game needs to change and it and it slowly is. And I do think that that will be happening. Yep. And you talk about the international fan base as well. Um, we've got fans all over. <clears throat> Some of them have been on here. We've got Arizona Bantams. Um, we've got people in the Virgin Islands, uh, Australia. And if you look at our podcast, I know you guys can't see this, but when we look at the figures... You've got all over the world tuning. It's it's actually bizarre. Uh, people in Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, um, Nigeria, wherever. It's 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 weird. Um, so you know we are further reaching than you actually you know know. And just talking about subscriptions for a moment as well. So as a podcast, we are going to take the leap and go to um, a subscription service. Now, don't panic. This doesn't mean you have to subscribe. It's going to be optional. Um, it's just going to mean that basically people get early access to the podcast. That is all it is. It just means, again, that we can put a little bit more money into things, that's all. Um, so we'll, we'll release that model over the coming weeks. It might be for the next video. Um, we'll put everything on Twitter and Facebook and what have you. Um, but it just means, like I say, that you'll subscribe to us for whatever nominal amount it is per month and you get uh, early access um, to the podcast and also to other content as well. Chris, is there anything that you want to add on that so you know more about IT than me? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, even though you work kind of in that role. But yeah, no, but it's yeah. going to be also other stuff as well, guys. We're going to do, you know, some more videos and uh, extra content and bits and pieces. There might be some time where me and Adam have 15 minutes and we're talking about absolute rubbish or whatever. Might be something, you know, slightly different to what we're doing at this event. Uh, still football related, of course, but it'll be little bits like that. So you, so you for your money, you are going to get some extra content, very similar to what a lot of podcasts do these days but yeah you'll get you'll get the podcast 24 hours early before anybody else and um and again as i mentioned this isn't us trying to make money this is genuinely us just trying to get more equipment or you know make the product better and that's what's really important for us is to make sure that the product is absolutely spot on i mean for instance today blooming heck adam he's <laughs> he's having to use a tablet so um 
<laughs> so we're, we're going to sort him out with a, a laptop as well. So it's things like that, guys, that, that, that we're going to do. So um, keep the faith, keep listening. Boom. Yep, keep tuning, guys. Keep following us. Um, so we've been in City Event. This has been episode six. Thank you very much for listening. And hopefully we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. We're Chris. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.